Hello and welcome to the big show. This is Dim Lights and Stiff Drinks, the dive bars of Seattle. We're setting out to document those bars that have a seedy backstory and interesting history behind them. And if you hear some background noise right now, well, that's Foosball. because we are recording live on location. That's how we do it. That is how we roll. In this podcast, we visit the places where bad decisions and future regrets are made, so you don't have to. Joining me as always is our producer, Bob Trombley. Bob, how are you doing tonight? Good, thanks, Brad. Good to see everybody. And of course, my two co-hosts, Lou and Jeremy. How are you two boys doing? We're doing good. And uh, shout out to the house band. Yeah, Satan's Pilgrims, as always. I'm going with um, Jay Sneezy tonight. Jay Sneezy? You feeling uh, your allergies flaring up, or what's going on? (laughs) Good call, Brad. Nice. So, this is a special mini-episode. For those who have been following our last few episodes, we have been visiting each of the different bars that proclaim themselves to be Seattle's oldest. These include the J&M Cafe, Jules Mays Saloon, the Merchant Cafe, and the Central Saloon. But in the end, there can only be one that is truly the oldest. So we decided to pay these places a visit and go over each of their histories as we knew the hysterical, historical record would reveal all. And it did. So for this episode, we are going to announce which one of these places holds the title as Seattle's oldest bar. We are actually at the Zoo Tavern in Eastlake tonight, out of respect for these establishments, as we wanted to make the announcement at a neutral site. So that is what we're doing tonight, but first a couple of things to go over. Number one, while we were recording these episodes, we learned that one of them had closed down recently, and that is the J&M Cafe. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Well, so this is what I read in the paper. So it sounds like some fuckery was going on where... Um, some lettery? Some fuckery. Oh. Where uh, the owners, they were involved in some kind of like major renovation of the place. And then they stopped paying the contractors that were working on that. Yeah, realized they, they didn't paying. have any money for such renovations. Well, and then they stopped and, paying uh, their monthly lease, and then they stopped paying their workers. So, you know, some shit started going down, and they did a, an exit stage left, if you will. And right now, if you go to their website or if you go to the actual place, there's something in the effect of closed until further notice. So we don't know if they're closed permanently, hopefully not. The j and yeah. yeah. It could be like Jules Mays where someone brings it back. Yeah, well, that's what we're hoping. I'm in the neighborhood, and uh, I know that at some point there was a developer looking into buying and redeveloping the Oh, place. for the J&M? The building, the whole block. Yeah, the whole building's for sale, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, but that fell apart. I don't know what happened. The guy lost his funding. I don't know. I, I don't know. This is what I hear. Okay. And, um, and simultaneously, the place closed or soon after that it closed, and I don't know if it had anything to do with that or if it's just a coincidence that these, so what you said. Yeah, yeah. These people lost their Well, hopefully uh, they, you know, they're able to pull it together and and get things back up and running. Yeah, bring it back. And by the way, the the person you just heard is a special guest joining us tonight. His name's Avout. He owns, he's the French fry taster. He's also the owner of Shorties down in Belltown, which we are going to be recording at this season. We are. For sure. We're looking forward mm-hmm. to it. All right. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be talking to us later in the episode about... Being a former owner of Jules Mays. Yeah, yeah. About being the former owner of Jules Mays. So anyway, as far as the oldest bars go, so that's what's going on with the J&M. And, you know, so we took them out of the running because if we couldn't record there, it didn't make sense. 
And just for the record, they're not the oldest bar out of these four, so it didn't make much of a difference in the grand scheme of things anyway. Number two, so while one of these bars is clear the, the, clearly the oldest, we want to stress that we didn't set out to make this a contest with winners and losers. All these places are awesome. They all have really cool backstories. And together, the three of them all represent Seattle's oldest bars. All of However, these bars get a participation ribbon. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. right. It's, it's in the mail. They're all winners in our eyes. But the other competition of the oldest bar fly is a competition very much Now, so. that's very much a competition. <laughs> yeah. And we'll there be announcing that in there. the next. That's that's right. the only one. Lou, is your grandmother still in the, in the runnings? <laughs> that's right. Okay, so as far as determining which one is the oldest, you know, we're dealing with establishments that go back to the 1800s, you know, over 100 years ago. So going over their histories, it gets a bit tangled, gets a bit uh, complicated, gets a bit, bit gnarly. You know, some of them switched names during certain years and then switched back. Some of them operated as like a different type of business and then resumed being a bar. Like so, when you're a soda fountain during Prohibition? Yeah, yeah, with yeah, the that bar kind of under yeah, the counter? Exactly. So we decided to take this into account. And so there's two different categories I wanted to kind of rate these bars as far as the oldest. Number one, which one is operated as a business for the longest? In other words, continuous operation. Yeah, which one has Wait. been continuously operating continuous. under its current name right. for the longest period of time? And then number two is simply which one has been slinging drinks for the longest? You know, which one is the oldest continually operating drinking establishment? The closest, the one that first opened after Prohibition, basically? No, no, no. actually, no, as it turns out, or no. Not. Oh, okay, yeah, go on. Not. And as it turns out, one of these places actually won both categories. And that place is, drum rolls please, the Merchant Cafe. Nice. The Merchant Cafe is the oldest bar in Seattle. What's the year? So let's do a quick recap of the three places we did visit to kind of explain how we arrived at this conclusion. This will be really quick. So the first place we visited was the Central Saloon. It first opened as the Watson Brothers Famous Restaurant in 1892. And then it began operating as the Seattle Bar in 1902. And then it became known as the Central Cafe in 1919. It's unknown if they secretly sold booze during Prohibition or when they began serving legal beer again after Prohibition was repealed. Number two is the Jules Maze Saloon. So the space... Oh, Jules. Jules, yeah. So this, that space first served as a drinking establishment known as Rainier Bar in 1912. It did operate as a soda parlor during Prohibition. Do you remember Jules Maze was also... Pop during Prohibition for selling uh, quote unquote health tonics. Was the Rainier Bar like a oh, satellite like a bar? Bartel Drugs did that shit too. It wasn't a satellite bar, but it was in close proximity to okay. the Rainier Brewery, nice. so that's where they got the name from. Nice. So, but this brings up an interesting question, Brad. Like, for Jules Mays, even before that 1912 date that you mentioned, there was a different location that was yeah. a bar. And it does was that, under a, Does that count, or are you just not including that? No, it counts as a drinking establishment, okay. but they still, the Merchant Cafe still wins, and we'll get to why it does. And as far as Jules go, it didn't start operating as Jules Maze until 1928. So that's when it became known as Jules Maze, and then it began serving legal beer again in 1934 after Prohibition was repealed. Named after what? Jules Mays, the Belgian immigrant. Yeah, yeah he was right. a Belgian yep. immigrant. Yeah. Named after the river. So it's not, you uh, see a lot of apostrophe S, M A E apostrophe S. That's not correct. Yeah, that's that's not apostrophe not S. No, no M A E S is that's all one name. Yes. Yeah, that's right. 
That's correct. Yeah, I've seen it too. It's the French River, that well, French, Belgian, Dutch River. It's a ma one of the major European rivers. You guys all look okay, very confused. Like the, the American, it's like the Columbia, of the, right. the Seine, yeah, yeah. the Seine, <laughs> or the Thames, yeah. or yeah, the yeah. Mississippi. Yeah. Geography? <laughs> European geography. Guys. Water. Well, that's yeah. pretty yeah. much American too. That's a good little fact. <laughs> How's the fishing though? Always uh, rubbing me the wrong ways, like, you know, no, it's not the apostrophe, lose the apostrophe. Yeah, I've seen that too. No, it's all one well, word. That's an interesting theme, though. A lot of places we've gone to either have or don't have an apostrophe that are miswritten. Yeah. Right? With or without the apostrophe. Oh, yeah, we'll talk yeah, about Adolf's second places. bar. We'll give him a plug later for the Meyer. <laughs> it's not Myers. That's right. That's oh, right. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, even the merchants. You know, the too, merchants right. is sometimes listed with so or without the apostrophe. So lastly, Merchant Cafe. So the Merchant Cafe, Merchant's Cafe, opened as Merchant's Cafe in 1890. So it's been operating under the same names since 1890. And what's the bottom floor operated as a saloon when they opened. And of course, the top floor opened as a brothel. I was right? going to say, as far as the oldest goes, that had the oldest aesthetics being on the initial first floor. Of, right. Uh, so that was kind of right. cool. They were also a soda parlor during Prohibition, so we know that the booze continued to flow during that era. And then they immediately began to serve beer again after Prohibition was repealed. So from the historical record, they've operated under the same name since 1890 and have been pretty much continually serving booze since that day to well. So they're the hands-down winner. Hands-down. Nice. And that's, they were immediately after the Seattle Fire in 1889. Yeah. yeah they so were, they were first out of the gate. They were first after out of the, the ship gate. burned to the ground. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so a big cheers to merchants for keeping things popping for over 130 years, and here's to 130 more. Oh, so, you mentioned, you mentioned 1892 for the merchants? 1890. 1890. 1890, yeah. Mm, Great Fire was 89, so... Yeah, the Central Saloon opened as... Uh, 89, the Central was 1892, that was 1892 right? Yeah. And that was as a yeah. restaurant. We don't yeah. know if the restaurant served booze or not. Nobody really knows. Missed it by... The famous, famous year and some, yeah, some the famous restaurant. What's the future holds for the merchants? Since that whole block is bought by Unico, including where we are, yeah, and that's all going to be redeveloped. I think, and don't quote me on this, but I think the merchants that would be is like historical. A historical site. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that could happen. Registered. So I think yeah. they're safe. But there, there's going to be construction. There's going to be. Yeah. They're going to rip the walls up and the floors out and the Yeah. And that I don't know. I hope I, they don't like mess things up. Yeah. Well, hopefully, like they hopefully have to they don't keep mess the things up. I was, I would think they were. Yeah, the cosmetics of it. But I don't know. I mean, we've seen it with the Wayne departments in uh, in Belltown that just burned up last week. It's uh, marked historic, but uh, without any uh, what was the term restrictions or. Yeah. So they can. They could put a plaque on the sidewalk and call it, call it historic. I know there's ways they can get around. It. Well, yeah. I mean, you went through that with shorties, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with all kinds of bullshit yeah. that you had to yeah. put up with. And you guys ended up moving up the street. Yeah. Up the street. You yeah. got you got out while the getting was good. You know, we're going to stick around. Yeah, and and we moved into an historic building, so we're going to be there. It's a movie row building. Nice. That's awesome. We'll good you'll deal. at least have a plaque on the sidewalk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. going to be very upset if I don't see a plaque on the sidewalk. Uh -huh. when that concrete glass building is up, you know. Yeah. Anyways. Nice. Nice. That's not the dress. Yeah, we'll talk about shorties when we're at shorties. You're going to convert uh, shorties to a, you know, a laser tag parlor, but it'll have that plaque. <laughs> it'll have that plaque on the sidewalk. Yeah. Huzar. Bouncy castle slash laser tag. <laughs> That's right. That's Pinball. where the money's at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> 
So speaking of these places, so it sounds like in the early 2000s, Jules Mays wasn't operating as Jules right. Mays. They were like a hardware store or something, right? Mm -hmm. There was a door store there, right? When you, well, just tell us, how, how did you get involved in Jules? Yeah. Uh, my ex-wife, who actually started the pinball barbie we're not going to talk about in Belltown. Yeah. Um, she, uh, she had connections in, in Georgetown, and there's a certain fellow named... Uh, John, John Bennett, Bennett yeah. yeah. And I don't know if he already owned the property at the time or if he just purchased it. And the door store was, it was a door store because the original Jules Mays, if I'm not mistaken, closed in 1999. Right. And, um, and so... Uh, I, think, I, I think Bennett bought the building after they went out. Yeah, he owns he, a number of buildings in Georgetown because he's like very into historical preservation. Yeah. So he, and do you know John pretty good? Yeah, I do. I, I, he's, he's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did, did you get a lot of your pinballs from John? No. No? no. I okay. actually brought my pinball machines with me from Holland. Did you really? Talking about carrying water to the sea, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, oh, that's Made in Chicago, shipped to Holland, and back to Seattle. Wow. But that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, uh, but I believe, yeah, that 99 is when uh, Jules Mays closed, and it became a door store. And I don't think, well, I know that they eventually went down. And then when we became involved, it's because John asked us to take a look at it and see if we were interested in reopening Jules Mays. And so that's what we did. We went in there, and uh, what we found was a big... Um, yeah, what was there when you walked in the door? A, a drywall box with gray walls, and, uh, and approximately every four feet there was a hole with a door frame to, sh you know, to showcase all the doors that they were selling. Oh, okay. Oh, a giant wall of doors? Everywhere. Front room, back room. There's just doors. <laughs> doors are us. I yeah, it was a box house. In the Twilight Zone <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We recorded an episode of Black Mirror or something there. <laughs> they basically, it, it was a door store, and the only thing that was there was the back bar. It's in the exact same spot where it is today, and that wooden cooler, that reach-in cooler. Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is off on the side by the kitchen area that was that was there the front bars were in the place but scooted in the corner the floors were rotted out in that area that we had we redid, we redid all the floors and there was no decor there was no lights there was no wainscoting yeah. there was no wallpaper we did all that um, we had a guy a very talented guy work at shorties bartender who used to work as a set decorator for Martha Stewart. Nice. Oh, wow. Matthew Warren. Matthew, thank you. Shout out to Matthew. He, uh, he, he was uh, the guy who did all the wainscoting, all the faux finishes on the wainscoting. He did all that. And then, for some reason, we stumbled upon this guy on 3rd Avenue, right over there where all the billboard uh, offices are, and he was reopening this little diner you know, turning it into a subway or something, but it was an old historic diner that had been there since the 30s, also with a beautiful back bar and all these beautiful booths, you know, that were 80 years old. And he said, yeah, I'm getting rid of all that stuff. So, oh, so uh, that's where that came from? So, yeah, we showed oh, up wow. one morning. Great story, great backstory. And um, my friend who owned a wood shop across the street from Jules Mays in the old Rainier Brewery, yeah. John Van Velt, uh, free of charge, re redid all the booze, and so we, because uh, we didn't have any money, yeah. yeah. And so he uh, he did all the redid all the booze. We built the platform, put the booze in, did the wainscoting, did the wallpaper, did the lights, and it looked great. 
That's awesome. But it's all from 2004. Wow. Yeah, great story. 120 great story. years old. It's 20 years old. <laughs> well, the yeah. building the space is eighteen, and it's current. <laughs> yeah. The furnishings is like twenty years but there's old. There's some shit that goes back yeah. to eighteen ninety. Oh, was oh, yeah. any of that stuff there? Like, what about the phone booth? What about the piano? What about the black leather chair that looks like a king's throne? Uh, what I actually, I was just there last night, and I figured I'd refresh my memory. Oh, good man. Uh, from what I remember, is that the big that big safe was there? Oh, yeah, it wasn't yeah. pain to ask to move. I think probably weighs 2,000 pounds. Yeah, yeah. And we don't have the combination, so I don't know what's in there. Oh, so you didn't know what's in there? Oh. I couldn't sleep at night. Yeah. That. Uh, believe me, I tried. But, uh, I know a John, guy. I know yeah, a guy didn't get in there. Yeah. Well, John so Bennett is... grabbed a stethoscope. And he's, he, John Bennett is a locksmith by trade, and I don't think he... Oh, sure. I think he gave up. Or maybe that's where he keeps all his gold. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, there's a thing called dynamite, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have to resort uh, to it. Yeah. Ask your local mafiosi. But, but the safe was there. The piano was there. Uh, I don't think the phone booth was there. I kind of vague remember, but maybe it was there. I can't remember. There's some tchotchkes laying around, like a ceramic boy with a wagon or some shit. Yeah, some of the signs of the I walls. Think, I think definitely, John's some yeah, definitely I historic. I think a lot of that stuff came oh, from yeah. John because he's a collector. That's all his collector stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. There was also a boatload of collectible trash under the floor. I mean... Un- under the floor? Yeah, stubby bottles, rainy stubby bottles. Oh, really? Uh, oh, wow. Out, Random written all over it. Uh, yeah. Cans and... But some of that stuff was so... And I think we, we left all that stuff at the bar and I don't know what happened to it. Uh, if it's still there or not. I was surprised when I walked in there last night to see that somebody, I don't know why, I don't know what they were thinking, they tore out all the booths. And now there's some kind, it looks like, um, no disrespect, but it kind of looks like you're the, you know, rest area the, along the freeway with these <laughs> camping, these camping, these camping. They're going to install a Aesthetic? dance floor? No, but they t- I don't know. I mean, maybe they have big plans. Or maybe they were gone by the time the new owners uh, got yeah. in there. I have no idea what it's happened. It's hard to say, like, who took what out. Yeah. That's a shame, though. Yeah, it is a shame. I sure as hell hope they weren't destroyed because those booths were old. That's like yeah. old diner stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Like you said, That's from 30s, vintage. 40s, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can't find that stuff. So, yeah, but we spent a lot of time there, and uh, it took about a year to build the whole place out. We started the front bar, and then we moved into the game room, and then we did the, the, the band room. We built a stage. Oh, yeah, there's a stage back there now. There is, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a stage. Yeah. Um, so you put that in? Yeah. We put, yeah. We put a stage in. We uh, installed oh, sound system. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And then uh, what happened is uh, Martha and I uh, decided to call it quits. And, uh, and then you sold the bar? We sold, yeah, she wanted to split town, and I didn't have the resources to uh, maintain it all myself. So I picked shorties, and we sold everything else. So you were actually the owner of Jules Maze for, for a while? Years. About two years. About two years, okay, yeah. okay. And the majority of it was... Uh, and the guy def- built what you see today. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think I was only, uh, as an operating business owner, I was probably only involved for less than a year. Because yeah. the rest of the, the rest of that time was all spent on under the floor and, and in the attics and behind the walls and yeah. building the place well, out. thank you for bringing it back. And, you no, know, no, no, thank you for uh, bringing it me back talk to its it. former uh, state of beauty. Yeah, yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and, I'm yeah. Do- and, and, and not Seattle's old, old, oldest, only by a technicality. Years old. Yeah. 
that well, phone booth looks like it was working at one point. Well, that's like I say. That's all Matthew's credit because he 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 just did an amazing job. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, I hung the wallpaper. It's, <laughs> but it's but it's funny that even after eight only 18 years, I kind of forgot how it all went down. And uh, most people in uh, that go there now or been in Seattle for a substantial amount of time don't even know that it was a door store only 18 years ago, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. not. A bar for adds, five, adds to the four. mystique, adds to the history, yeah, yeah, yeah. adds to the patina. Yeah, and it is, nice. and it does make it a survivalist kind of a story because um, you know, no. Not only survivalist, but revivalist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All sorts of ist and ivals. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you guys say? Uh, we take a quick break. Maybe Satan's Pilgrims take us out for a second, get another round, and we'll come back for uh, second half. All Sounds right, great. let's do round let's two. Do Satan's right. take us out. Well, we are back. We're going to talk to Ava out right now about his new place that he opened it up, and then we're going to wrap things up until the next episode. And we're looking at recording our next episode at Mike's Chili Parlor. Celebrating so 100 years this year. Yeah, right? celebrating 100 years. So we're going to go join the festivities. Yeah. Do you yeah. think it's going to be as you think it's going to be as loud as it was last time? It might it be. It is a hundredth anniversary. Yeah, yeah, it might be. <laughs> probably going to be another bachelorette party there. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, I hope not. <laughs> Do you know the chili that they're serving? That same first batch. A hundred, <laughs> it's a hundred years, years old. Yeah, they made tankers of it, and they've been serving it the whole time. But anyway, since we're uh, all of the historical Seattle bars, or three of the four were Pioneer Square bars, right? That's right. And so we talked a lot about Pioneer Square, but Avout has a second bar called The Meyer in Pioneer Square, and you're kind of the new kid on the block, even though you opened right before COVID, right? Uh, we opened in 2017. Yeah. But are uh, you diving? That's, no, that's really nice and new and it's oh, clean. And no, yeah, well, not, not anymore. You have to hire the right staff to keep nice. that patina right on the nice. edge, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not right, too clean, right. not too dirty. But I remember uh, the funny thing that happened is the day before we opened, it was a nice spring day and at the doors open and and this uh, elderly couple walks by and I'm just taking a break and this dude kind of peeks inside and he's just yelling to his wife in his thickest like East Coast accent like it's New Jersey and you know, somewhere. There's a fucking bar over said, here, Look at man. this bar, you know, it's, it's old, look, check this old, look old bar out. And I said, buddy, I hate to... We haven't even opened yet, you know. We, whatever, we haven't even opened, been open for one day, and he thought it was an old bar, you know, old oh, Seattle nice. bar. So I, I thought, well, we at least we, we we try the right thing, you know what I mean? It looks looks all right, and it kind of looks like it's been there forever. But um, yeah, we just wanted to do a little hole in the wall. I didn't want to copy uh, myself and do something else, and uh, make it a bar that was kind of you know your average watering hole that you find in every uh, you know in every town and but also give it a bit of a Dutch flavor and so Dutch watering hole yeah Dutch okay. watering yeah what makes it Dutch versus you know an American well you know clean lines right there is there is the well for one thing uh, and people always ask me what's wrong with me why do we have these uh, rugs on the table 
well, Dutch bars have rugs on the table. You know, these you mean Persian, mer- Persian rugs, the mini, they're thick wool rugs. Oh, cool. That's uh, Dutch style. What's that? That's a Dutch style. Rugs yeah, the on old, the, the old. Okay. Sounds hard to clean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the old, what they call brown cafe, brown cafes, brown bars. Um, Which is I, what? That's what the neighboring bars in, in Holland are called. Oh, okay. And I think they're brown because of the patina of the smoke. I don't know if that, <laughs> that term makes sense. was coined. I don't yeah. know how that came to be. But uh, I can tell you one thing. If you ever try to pick up one of those rugs in those Dutch bars, you can basically set them up right in the corner of the room. <laughs> you set know. it up right. Yeah. So <laughs> we replace yeah. them about once a year. So, okay. Uh, Pretty and, uh, crunchy, huh? Yeah. 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 And, then the, oh. and then the name was... Um, yeah, what's the name? Well, Why is it The Meyer and not Meyers? Because, um, well, Meyer, I thought, okay, this is, well, when I was a kid and I looked out the window of my bedroom, there was a bar right across the street from my house. It's called The Meyer. Oh. And it closed, you know, in the 70s. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure what happened. It's been long gone. Uh, but then I realized later on uh, here in Seattle, so actually that's a good name for a bar, for a Dutch-American bar, because it's a name that both uh, is, is very familiar in Holland and, uh, and in the States. You know, it's, it's a name anybody can pronounce. Does the word mean anything in Meyer is, I think it's, uh, it's kind of a Yiddish uh, word for Dutch-Yiddish for uh, a mayor, uh, German, maybe German... Uh, I'm not sure where it really came from, but it, it's definitely a name that you see a lot in Germany well, for, and in Holland. For Yiddish, you got Meyer Lansky. Right, there you go. Hello. I yeah. thought you said it means prostitute. Well, that's why I'm... Okay, so now in Holland, you also have a, a, a Dutch... Um, I think it's also Yiddish. It's, it's bar, uh, what they call barhoons. Um, and uh, there's a word called uh, temeyer. Meyer, which is uh, it's Dutch for hooker. Oh, okay. So oh, it's a hooker bar. But I <laughs> okay. But <laughs> right. But I found out that that building was actually at one point a brothel. Oh, it's all right. coming right. together right. now. Yep. Right, nice. and 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 there was the Meyer brothers who were involved in either that building or the building next to us. No way. Wow. So cool. It all came full circle, and so wow. then I thought I call it the Meyer. And then if you look at the uh, hot dog menu on the wall, uh, or illuminated sign, uh, every now and then somebody will point out to me, hey boss, <clears throat> you know, the H fell off the, off the, the Meyer oh, hot so dog. Oh, so it's just Meyer? Yeah, the Meyer dog. <laughs> but it's Poor dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Anyways. That is cool. That is but cool. That's, um, that's how the name came to be. And, um, but it's, in, there, you know, it's just an easy name to yeah. remember. Yeah, um, no, it's great. That's, that's all. It's really great with some, really some story behind it. Yeah, yeah great awesome. story. Yeah, I like the background. Yeah. All right, Brad, you ready to knock it on the head? Yeah, I think so. Until next time. But thanks for tuning into the special episode again. Yeah, and uh, shout out to the zoo for hosting us. Shout out to us. the zoo for hosting for sure, us. One of our fans. And uh, also, shout out to Merchants Cafe for being Seattle's oldest bar. Yes. I'm also going to give a shout and out our to, neighbor. to Patrick's Fly Shop down here in East. Like I popped in there. If you ever need any of your fly fishing needs. Go holler at Wes and the gang. They'll take care of you. And how long have been? You said they've been around for... Since the mid-40s. That mid-40s. place has been there. So, yeah, so, so wow. more history in East yeah, Lake here. Yeah, very cool. So, yeah, shout out to them, too. So, yeah, until next time, thank you for joining us. This is Dim Lights and Stiff Drinks, the dive bars in Seattle, signing out. See you next episode. Adios. All right. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Cheers.